0: Welcome back to Let's Talk About It. Real issues, real
1: talk for real people.
2: On 880 The Biz. Folks, you've been listening to Let's Talk About on 880 The Biz and Let's Talk About Dialing We just got off the phone with the artist Nobody, the me that nobody knows that was his name, talking about some of the alleged things related to tagging in Israel Hernandez. But I want to talk about – I want to switch gears a little bit. It's been in the newspaper. Now, it's funny because there's no autopsy yet that I know of. There's no toxicology report that I know of yet. And already articles are circulating in the newspapers about this mysterious thing called excited delirium. And excited delirium is this thing that's allegedly causing a lot of deaths in custody. And I I want to approach this with an open mind. I want to know a little bit about what this excited delirium is because some people in some message boards are making – some statements that seem to indicate that they think that Israel Hernandez was not tased to death, but was in fact killed by excited delirium. And like I said, I want to keep an open mind about this. So I have two people on the air. One's Dr. Deborah Mash, who's a neurology professor for the University of Miami, Miller School of Medicine. Dr. Mash, are you there?
1: I am. Good, good evening.
2: Good evening. Thank you for joining us. And also I'm joined by Dr. Douglas, Douglas Zipes, a distinguished professor, Indiana University School of Medicine. Dr. Zipes, are you there? I am here. Perfect. So, Dr. Mash, let me start off with you. I I just want to know, and as as quick a summary as possible, what is excited delirium?
1: Excited delirium is a condition that manifests as a combination of delirium. People become very agitated, have a lot of motor, motor energy. They have anxiety. Sometimes they'll have hallucinations their speech is often disordered, they're disoriented, and they are frequently violent and they have bizarre behavior. They're also insensitive to pain and in most but not all they have an elevated body temperature and have been reported to have superhuman strength.
2: And, and so but my, here's my big question. Why I'm I'm seeing a lot of articles in the newspaper right now attributing a lot of deaths in custody specifically to excited delirium. Why is that?
1: So first, let me correct you a little bit on that. It's not that there are a lot of deaths. Excited delirium syndrome, the condition of excited delirium, is a rare occurrence. The reason that we think we're hearing more about it is because it's popularized. And the issue is whether it's a medical diagnosis or it's a political diagnosis. So the debate goes on and on. With the deployment of the taser and the push towards less lethal technologies, we got to hear more about the condition of excited delirium. But it's been around for a very, very long time. And in fact, in Miami, we were on the front end of this increased wave of people in delirious states that turned lethal because of our being on the front end loading of the cocaine epidemic in Dade County.
2: And so, Dr. Zipes, now, you would have a little bit of a different opinion on this, right?
0: Well, only slightly. I think uh, uh, Dr. Mash uh, adequately explains the uh, signs and symptoms of the syndrome. And though she didn't mention it, she's done some beautiful work on the brains of individuals uh, who apparently have died from this. Um, my position, however, is that many of the deaths associated with taser application that are uh, said to be caused by excited delirium may be caused by the direct electrical effects of the taser itself on the chest and on the heart. And while excited delirium may indeed be a real entity, and as Dr. Mash appropriately says, it it is uh, somewhat conjectural, Uh, even if it were real, one has to explain that the sudden death produced by the excited delirium occurred exactly when the taser shock was delivered. And I find that coincidence a bit hard to accept when I know from... Uh, animal studies and some clinical data that the taser electricity can affect the heart and cause cardiac arrest. This in no way means that uh, every death associated with the taser administration is due to the taser, uh, and certainly excited delirium may play a role in some of these instances. But in the cases that I have analyzed in depth, it's my opinion that it was due to the taser shock itself.
2: And so I, I think this is an important question, Dr. Mesh, because, for example, in the, in, I, I don't think anyone can speculate yet on what happened to Israel Hernandez because we haven't gotten the toxicology and autopsy reports yet. Um, but some of those conjectures were made in the messaging boards around excited delirium. But you know, at what point do we have a conversation on, well, no, it was the, it was the actions through use of force that caused the death versus, no, it was the excited delirium of the individual? Like, where do we make that distinction? Because there's there's a huge difference in terms of whose fault is it in these circumstances, right?
1: Yes, and th- and that's the you know that's where all the controversy uh, resides. So, I've been looking at the condition of excited delirium since I was funded to do so by the National Institutes on Health back in the early '90s, and back then when we were working on that with Dr. Charles Wetley, who is my colleague here at the chief uh, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner in Dade County, we did not have tasers in our community. Back then, we had the condition of restraints, and people suggested that people were dying in states of excited delirium because of the restraint stress. Mm-hmm. And then it changed, and we got pepper spray. And so people said, okay, well, they're dying because Law enforcement is using pepper spray, and then we had the deployment of the tasers in Dade County, and people said, "Okay, the taser is contributing to the death in custody." And so, looking at the number of cases, and again, remember this is a rare occurrence, so we we really don't have a lot of good epidemiologic data to make you know strong. Um, conclusions, but based on the information that we have, what I can say is we didn't see an uptick in the numbers with the deployment of the taser. And this was something very important. In fact, my colleagues came to me and said, okay, you're tracking this in our community. What do you know? And all that I could say, because I don't know anything about the taser, I'm not an expert, and I'm not an expert in cardiology the way my colleague uh, Dr. Zipes is, who's a world-renowned cardi- cardiologist and electrophysiologist. So I couldn't say anything about the TASER per se, but what I could say is we didn't see an increase. And if you look at the numbers of the deployments, and I, I don't know where the numbers are now, but at one point there were like over 3 million in the United States, you would think that you hit the the Taser prongs. Hit anybody, whether they're in an agitated state, running away, they're fearful. You know, they're they're being. You know, they're in the middle of a law inform, enforcement altercation. Their nervous system, they're hyped up. Okay, they may be on drugs. They may not be on drugs. They may be in a full blown state of excited delirium, which I consider on the extreme end of the neuropsychiatric continuum. But their their neurotransmitters, their catecholamines the flight or fight hormones, they're up, they're up, they're turned on. So this is it. And the it. prongs hit them in the chest and they don't die. So, you know, we need to have more study. We need to do very careful work to really name this. And you're right. And In terms of the, the deaths, the high-profile deaths in our community, we wait for our medical examiners to come back to us with an interpretation. And this is difficult for them because there is no anatomic cause of death.
2: And so, Dr. Zipa, I want to bring you back to this. So, uh, I mean, this is, this is where I have a cause for concern. Now, when there's a speculation without seeing any toxicology evidence, right, of something that most folks haven't heard of, excited delirium, right? And I've seen this happen in a few different high-profile cases where once you create a public consciousness around an excuse, when things go to court, even potential jurors hear this excuse and they're more likely to believe it, whether toxicology reports prove that or not. I mean, like, there's a lot of people when I was doing this show got really angry that I was even doing it because they're like, this feels like an alibi when things go to a jury. Like, wh- what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think sometimes it may be, Uh, but I I would need to know the specific case uh, to to really be able to state that. And in the cases that I have analyzed in depth, that indeed has been my opinion. But I I, want to make two points. Uh, uh, Dr. Mash, uh, I I think eloquently gives you background information. Um, Taser says there have been three million or so deployments and sudden death is very uncommon, with which I agree. However, the three million deployments is not the uh, important number. If someone is shot in the back or the buttocks, uh, I really don't think that that's going to have a heart effect. What is important is how many of those three million deployments were chest shots over the heart, because that is the only position where the taser itself might affect the heart. So I want to make that that one point. The second point I want to make is we know for over 40 or 50 years that electricity applied to the chest in the heart area can stimulate the heart. And indeed, we as cardiologists, heart doctors, use that to resuscitate people who have a slow heart rate. We put uh, electrodes uh, uh, away to stimulate the heart on the skin and deliver electricity through the skin to the heart to resuscitate someone. But we do that at a rate of 70 or 80 beats per minute. The taser shock is 1,100 times a minute. So if it affects the heart, as we know, electricity can going through the skin and chest wall, then it revs the heart rate up to extremely rapid rates and causes causes the cardiac arrest. How often? We don't know. I would mandate uh, record-keeping so that we know of the TASER applications, how many went to the chest, what was the outcome, uh, and until we do something like that, then uh, both Dr. Mash and I are going to sit here scratching our heads uh, and and having this discussion.
1: Dr. Zype, I have a a question. Um, Is there any physical, is there any way to know where the taser was applied after the fact? Um,
0: Yes, uh, because the taser leaves burn marks in the skin, uh and therefore in the cases that I've analyzed, uh, the uh, taser a dart that goes through the skin has been in the uh, cardiac, the heart vicinity.
1: Okay, so it is clear when that when the shot has been applied
2: that... The-
0: Absolutely, every, that, every that, autopsy that autopsy is clear. What is not, what is not clear, as, as you know, as, a, as a, uh, lo- looking at hearts and the, the pathology that you do, is that there is no telltale sign in the heart itself after an individual has died from... Uh, this cardiac arrest, and, and that obviously is a problem that medical examiners have to face.
2: And Dr., Dr. Masch, you were going to respond.
1: Well, you know, I was just saying that every every autopsy report has a clear description of where the TASER probes landed, so we know where they are. And every record of a TASER use has a complete um, uh, computer printout which gives you the number of deployments, the number of seconds, et cetera. So you can actually reconstruct this and uh, Bill Bozeman, Dr. Bozeman from Wake Forest, has done a lot of work on this. You know, what Dr. Zipes brings the point about, you know, what we know from our cardiology literature, I wanna address it from the neurologic and the neuropsychiatric. We have 163 years ago, the first descriptions of the condition of excited delirium by Dr. Luther Bell. And Bell described, uh, you know, a condition which is virtually the same as what we see today with advanced stages of mania and fever. And if you ask any psychiatrist, go into the medical school and ask any psychiatrist, he or she will tell you mania left untreated is lethal. And, you know, some of our young people are getting exposed to these new designer drugs. And I've got more files crossing my desk now than before where we don't even have evidence of drugs on board because the medical examiners and toxicologists don't know what to look for and haven't developed the assays yet. And we've got these strange, you know, delirium and sudden death cases coming on where, where the tox is negative, where there's no drugs on board because we haven't been able to find them. In the case, and, of, Luth, in the case uh, of Luther Bell, these were psychiatric patients unmedicated, and there were no, no drugs on board.
0: And, and let me uh, jump in and support what, the, what Dr. Mash is saying. We know that there is a, a particular syndrome in cardiology It's got a Japanese name. It's called takitsubo cardiomyopathy. It's a big name, but it simply means that extreme emotion, um, such as might be happening in some of these instances, can cause cardiac arrest in individuals. And, uh, for example, following the tsunami in the Far East, or following the earthquakes in California years ago, there's an increase in cardiac arrest, sudden deaths, uh, over those days uh, uh, afterwards. So there clearly is support for what Dr. MASH is saying. My problem when I analyze the individual cases is that the cardiac arrest occurred precisely at the time of the taser delivery. So it's hard to say that uh, excited delirium or this Chakasubo cardiomyopathy or the underlying heart disease or the alcohol or the cocaine or whatever it was caused the cardiac arrest at the precise time of the taser shock and, and to not say, well, if the taser probes are over the heart, I know electricity can be transmitted to the heart and can run the rate up to uh, very high rates to produce cardiac arrest. It, it, it's hard to say that that's not the cause.
2: So this has been very, very informative, and uh, I, I thank you so much. We literally have, like, about a minute left, and that minute left, I wanted to give you both a chance to, if there's a website that links to some of your work or or, or anything that our listeners can kind of refer to, that'd be great. Dr. Dr. Mash, you first.
1: I, we have a website that is called exciteddelirium.org, that is something that we update here from the University of Miami School of Medicine, but also I would refer our listeners to the National Institute on Justice website on excited delirium, and they, up, they update that frequently.
2: Great. And Dr. Zipes, is there a website that we could refer to or anything like that? Uh, no, I can refer to the
0: paper that I published uh, a year ago and another one coming out in the same journal. My uh, last comments are... Users of taser uh, technology simply need to be aware, avoid the chest, avoid long trigger pulls or repeated trigger pulls, and if you've delivered a taser shock to an individual who now becomes unresponsive, think of cardiac arrest and begin CPR and resuscitative uh, maneuvers. That is my pure goal, is to educate users right. of taser technology about this however remote possibility of cardiac arrest
2: so we have to leave it there but thank you both so much for your thoughts and let's keep talking about it and thank you for the education thank you thank you so folks we're gonna take a really quick break so i mean there's one thing i gotta say while we're waiting for our calls to call in and one thing that kind of raised a red flag for me and you know i'm gonna be very honest folks I, i'm a hard-selling excited delirium stuff not that i don't think it exists but, you know, the, the part that I kind of come into is when you're an officer that has a firearm and a taser right next to that firearm, right, there was already at least one case, the Oscar Grant case, where the officer that killed Oscar Grant in the Bay Area claimed that he thought he was reaching for his taser and shot the dude to death and it was caught on camera. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But at least there's one case of an officer arguing that. Officers are taught to shoot in the body's center mass. So they're taught to generally aim for the heart when they're shooting a firearm, when they're shooting a gun, when they're shooting somebody. Now- If that happens to be when you pull your taser, which is supposed to be non-lethal, in other words, you're shooting at someone to not kill them, you're probably instinctively going to shoot in the exact same spot. And at the very least, that should raise a red flag. At the very least, that should raise a red flag to me. I'm not a doctor, not a cardiologist, not a neurologist. If I was, you probably wouldn't be hearing me on radio right now. But that's my two cents. I'm sure excited delirium exists, and at the same time, I'm even more and more positive that TASER policies need to be changed, period, because something is going on. Folks, you've been listening Let's Talk About it on 8, 8 of the Biz. Let's Talk About it. .info. We'll be back in a second. You've been listening
0: to Let's Talk About It. Real issues, real talk for real people. We'll be right back.